Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mormonish. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Landon. And this is a special hybrid episode with Mormonish and Mormon News Roundup. Although when you start watching it, you will notice one particular person is not there. Who is it, Landon? Yeah, what's up with that? You're out uh, going with other people. I'm co hoeing around. co hoeing it. <laughs> and that is not really true because Mormon News Roundup with DeVay's is one of our favorite shows. And I'm actually every first Sunday of the month because he airs every Sunday. I'm the co-host. So I have been doing it frequently. Landon has also been on, haven't you? And sometimes we're on together. So, but we've just decided that some of this content is so good, especially what we did on Sunday, where we did a whole update on Tim Ballard, Elder Ballard, uh, the tithing gate. Isn't that what we should call it? Tithing gate? I, I think so. There's some argument whether the tithing was or wasn't, but uh, we'll, we'll see. It'll be interesting to find out. It's worth following. It's worth following. Absolutely. So this is just going to be a quick update. It's only half an hour long, but I think we'll put some of these on Mormonish in the future too, because there's really good content over there. If you have not checked out Mormon News Roundup before, it does air live every Sunday night at 730 Mountain Time, and it just covers all the news of the week. So we're really glad that there's a, a podcast out there in the Mormon space, post nuance. Uh, faithful that kind of covers everything with a different guest host every time. I think they had Patrick Mason on last week, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yep. Yeah. So really interesting. So anyway, we hope you guys enjoy. This is an update on the amended claim. I think you're going to like it. Thanks. Our featured article of the week here, the Tim Ballard scandal is getting absolutely crazy. I mean, this is just getting, this is blowing off the net here. I've got a, I've got a, a quick summary of this for you here that was uh, released by KUTD News, which will try to give us a, a basic overview of what's happening with the Tim Ballard situation this week. Anyway, we do start with breaking news off of two news at six tonight off the top new allegations today in a lawsuit filed by several women against tim ballard in operation underground railroad thanks for being with us for two news at six i'm mark cabell and i'm heidi hatch the new allegations involve a top leader for the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and also utah attorney general sean reyes tim ballard the founder and former leader of our foundation faces civil suits filed by multiple women who worked with him the women allege that he would manipulate them and coerce them into sexual acts as part of his trafficking rescue missions with operation underground railroad in an amended complaint filed yesterday attorneys for the women say quote LDS elder M. Russell Ballard and other authorities from the Mormon Church provided Mormon tithing records to OUR to help OUR target wealthy donors and wealthy Mormon church wards. What? It goes on to say that Attorney General Sean Reyes would intimidate the complainants, saying upon learning of these complaints, Attorney General Sean Reyes would step in and rather than investigate what OUR and Tim Ballard were doing, would intimidate those complainants. Now, Elder M. Russell Ballard is not related to Tim Ballard, but did at some point work with the support of the efforts of OUR. In September, the church released a statement accusing Tim Ballard of explo exploiting his friendship with senior apostle Ballard, calling the former OUR leader's actions morally unacceptable. Okay, so like she said, Rebecca, this is an update from the lawsuit that was filed two yep. weeks ago. We have amended an update with new allegations, which are really, really interesting. What's your first thoughts here of watching this news clip? 
Well, I have to laugh because uh, as we prepared for the news through the week to to air today, you know, we had lots of really big stories and we thought, okay, we've got it down. Suddenly, Friday, <laughs> all this happened. So um, I don't think anything could surprise me anymore. There are a lot of really great podcasts that jumped on this right away. RFM read all the amended complaints and information, you have to kind of extrapolate it out of the original. So he went to great lengths to do that. That is an excellent podcast that aired last night. John DeLynn was on it right away with a live broadcast just a few hours after it came out. Um, but there are some very disturbing things there, especially about the tithing. I think that's one of the bigger things to come out. That is, I, we've I never heard believe, anything like that. No, I could not believe what I was seeing there. But I, I want to put a caveat. That's not, I have heard of this before with Elder Wilkinson at BYU back in the 60s, he mm. asked the church headquarters for the tithing receipts of every single BYU faculty member and staff member. It was around 800 to 1,000 at the time. And church headquarters did provide that to him. Then he compared their salary with how much tithing that That's they right. had paid before and called them into the office and put pressure on people who were not full tithe payers. So to say this is <laughs> unprecedented is not quite there because we have seen this happen before. Yeah, I, I actually forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. I'll have something else to be grumpy about today. But interestingly, in a Salt Lake Tribune article, the church's response to this, that specific thing, was simply to refer them to the handbook. And I wish I had the quote with me from the handbook, but it basically outlines. Oh, go ahead. I do have that. I do have that for you. So let me let me cue that up here in a second. Oh, yeah. Let, let me let me cue that up. That's a good point. Yes, the handbook talks about what we're supposed to do with Titan. Let me let me just cover that in a moment. Exactly. So, so the first and it thing basically here, outlines everything that, if true, Elder Ballard has done completely wrong, and it could be a disciplinary offense. Yeah, so that's uh, that's what they. Uh, I got this from uh, you know, it's it's rules for thee, but not for me, because if you look in the church's mm -hmm. handbook of instruction under thirty four point four, it says the confidentiality of tithing and other offerings. And let me just read this to you. Uh, this is exactly what you were saying, Rebecca. The amount of tithing and other offerings paid by a donor is confidential. Only the bishop and those who are authorized to handle or view these contributions should have access to this information. Stake presidencies, bishoprics, and clerks should never inappropriately discuss mm -hmm. a member's tithing status, nor should they discuss the total amount of tithing or others received. Mm -hmm. um, this, what this allegation says is that, um, you know, Tim Ballard wanted access to rich Mormon donors, but he didn't know where to start. So he asked his bosom friend, President Ballard, <laughs> for the tithing receipts of wealthy Mormons so that he could target them for fundraising yeah. for his allegedly uh, illicit or illegal operations, which didn't actually rescue anyone. This is absolutely reprehensible. Yeah, and, and I've been kind of um, looking at post-Mormon sites where former ward tithing clerks and people involved with finance are posting, and they're saying, oh, yes, it was very clear to us that there was any breach of confidentiality with the money you know, they would face discipline. They would definitely face something like that. So that brings into question uh, Elder Ballard's role, I think, in that. I also feel like this could play into some of the lawsuits, the Huntsman lawsuit and the new lawsuit that we just discussed today, if true, because you could possibly argue, the whole argument of those tithing lawsuits is, had I known blank, I would never have paid tithing. Had I known my personal information, wow. my income, Perhaps my phone number, my address, my contact right. information would have been given to a third party to solicit something I never would have paid or not paid in the same way. So I kind of feel it could play in. 
Wow, that is a great insight. Um, let me let me show you from the actual, we don't have time to read the entire lawsuit, but here's the three most important parts of it, in my opinion, from the amended update. And that's from uh, Complaint 71. It said the Davis County investigation, according to OUR's own internal documents, revealed that Elder M. Russell Ballard and other authorities from the Mormon Church provided Mormon tithing records to OUR to help OUR target wealthy donors and wealthy Mormon church wards. So that's a, uh, that's allegation number one. That's mm -hmm. right from the lawsuit. Allegation number two, the Davis County attorney, Troy Rawling, Rawlings, alleged that LDS apostle, Elder M. Russell Ballard's son-in-law, is involved in investing in OUR's money, and Elder Ballard and his family is benefiting from the investments. That is absolutely shocking. And here's the third one, Exhibit J. Davis County attorney Troy Rawlings alleged that he had evidence that Elder Ballard and or other LDS church authorities had provided LDS church tithing records to OUR to help them target large donors or wealthy LDS church wards. So it's not just Elder Ballard who's in the mm -hmm. hot, according to this complaint. They supposedly have evidence and exhibits of other LDS church authorities who provided your confidential tithing receipts to this allegedly quack organization. I mean, it'd be, it'd be bad enough if you were giving them to, I don't know, uh, Doctors Without Borders or, or, or a legitimate other charity. You know, that, that would be bad enough. But we're providing them yeah. to OUR, which is mm -hmm. a reprehensible and disgusting organization, which is engaged in so much fraud and deceit. This is just, you know, it just makes my blood boil, to be honest with you. I can tell. We're all riled up. But here's what's interesting. The whole time from the very first statement in Vice, the church has tried to completely distance itself from OUR and Tim Ballard. Oh, he had a slight relationship with Elder Ballard, but that's over. Nothing more. And yet more and more keeps coming out to show this absolute hand-in-glove relationship with the church. I mean, some of these allegations say other authorities. And there, there is some information that there are other apostles um, you know, that knew about this and supported this. Elder Anderson's name came yes. up in an email. Um, Razvan yes. Renlin, I think like that. And here's, here's the biggest piece that I can't get over. Just last week in a ward in Texas, um, OUR and its CEO, uh, Matt Osborne, gave a fireside to adults in the ward and anybody over 14 who was a, a, um, accompanied by a parent teaching them how not to fall for grooming, how not to, you know, it had this list of things. So you don't just get to give a fireside. The church has to be on board. The bishop has to okay it. The stake president has to okay it. I'm sure it goes higher than that. So OUR and the church continue to have this relationship. The church seems to indicate it's totally fine with OUR and whatever it's teaching and doing goes into the ward and talk to as young as 14, vulnerable, right? Yeah. I feel like there's this whole undercurrent of something. Why are they promoting this? Why do they want their members to hear this? It's bigger than this, I think. But I was I was stunned to hear that, that just last week they gave a yeah. fireside. We did cover that on the Mormon News Roundup. So it's not like, hey, we thought Tim Ballard was a great guy and we we put him forward. The moment that we found out something's wrong, we distanced ourselves. No, he's still, mm -hmm. the OUR is still being um, brought up in, in local uh, in local churches in, in Texas, as you mentioned. You know, and Elder Ballard himself this week, he had uh, the church release this, that the church, um, uh, he, he was sent to the hospital with respiratory issues here just this week. Um, I can only imagine that this entire situation has caused him a great deal of pause. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to have uh, Enos Envy on the podcast here in about a month. He uh, tweeted this out. He said, well, I'd have breathing problems too if I was legitimately accused of all of these incredibly deceptive behaviors. Um, because President Ballard was also 
the, the acting president of the 12 when the church was fined $5 million from the SEC. President Ballard seems to be involved, as we've seen from the reporting from Lynn Packard and others, seems to be involved in all of these incredible scandals and has taken absolutely no accountability for his role in any of it. Yeah, no, and, and we know that he introduced Tim Ballard to the Q15. We know there was a meeting where, you know, he outlined OUR and everything that they could do and tried to get everybody on board. I almost feel like this is business as usual for Elder Packer, if, or sorry, Elder Ballard, if you look into <laughs> just his history and who he is. Um, but I feel like now in the 21st century, with that spotlight and the internet, it can't be business as usual. This stuff will come to light eventually. And I think there'll be more. I know there'll be more. Probably next week, you'll be talking about more and saying, I can't believe we thought last week was, <laughs> was yeah. something. Look at this week. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, you know, Tim Ballard was investigated by Davis County, and it appears that he might have been shielded from the mm -hmm. repercussions of his allegedly illegal activities uh, because the uh, Davis County prosecutors uh, didn't turn up anything and didn't um, bring any charges because of his incredibly cozy relationship with Sean Reyes, who's the Utah Attorney General, who's also an active member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There's a timeline of their relationship, but the GOP office holders' ties with the founder of Operation Underground Railroad have led legislators to consider how the state's top law enforcement officer is chosen. So it's not just that Elder Ballard is having a cozy mm -hmm. relationship with Tim Ballard, but other prominent mm -hmm. members of the church are really, I don't know if you want to say concealing or enabling or are helping this uh, OUR continue to perpetuate its allegedly illicit activities, which include sexual abuse to women, which include um, you know bilking donors for money that was never allegedly never used to help anyone. This, why do people in top Mormon leadership continue to prop someone up in this way when it is evident to almost everyone who's around this that this entire thing is built on a sham? Yeah, I think they might be susceptible, perhaps. It's sort of like affinity fraud, right? I think there's a great deal of naivety. But uh, one of the biggest things I think to come out was the email from Glenn Beck, exactly, right here. Now, this was sent the day after um, the vice article statement from the church denouncing Tim Ballard. And this, this to me shows, like you said, who's involved. So Glenn Beck is sending this email to Tim Ballard and everyone's trying to figure out what's going on. What's happening with this, this, de this denouncing statement from the church. So who's listed in here? Glenn Beck says, I instantly got a hold of Elder Anderson, right? Well, why, if the church has nothing to do with this, why would you contact Elder Anderson? He'd been out of the country. He doesn't know what's going on. Um, also, Mike Lee, you know, he's going to weigh in. Sean Reyes, you see right there, this kind of network, this insulation that is around Tim. And at this point, on this day of the email, nobody knows. They all think perhaps this email was sent not by the church, but by somebody that was out to get Tim. And they're talking about, you know, stay strong, brother, and you know your destiny. And I'm going to get information from Elder Anderson, and we've got to make sure we've got our ducks in a row. So this is a glimpse. I'm sure only the tip of the iceberg um, to the amount of insulation that Tim has with all of these people politically and religiously. I mean, Utah is sort of a theocracy and, and this is how it works. They all work together. So this email was very telling. Of course, <laughs> I went through the timeline last night and my co-host and I were looking at it. So this email is sent. Then there's some tweets from um, Glenn Beck saying, oh my gosh, my church would not do this, would not do that. Then, okay, so those went out at midnight. By the next morning, 
a different tune from Glenn Beck. He's writing, well, let's wait and see. So we kind of surmise in between those hours, he probably got a hold of Elder Anderson and Elder Anderson had gotten a hold of the church, was now in the know, and they were going, oh no. Yeah, <laughs> There's Glenn something Beck, else going on here. Yeah, Glenn Beck took those tweets. He changed his uh he's changed yeah. his tune very rapidly. Yeah. You know and then I mean? distance himself once then he dug in and looked into it and, and put his own reporters on it. So then he did say, OK, I've been duped. I believe the allegations. But just seeing the process and seeing who they reached out to, who were they all in bed with together, so to speak? <laughs> That's that email. I'm going to find out from Elder Anderson. He is going to ask the brethren. So Elder Anderson knows. Some of the brethren know because he's going to check with them for information. We're going to bring Mike Lee in. We're going to have Sean Reyes. It's just very interesting. You know, don't, it, it, Rebecca, if I could just say one thing, don't use Tim Ballard and get in bed with in the same sentence. I know. I knew mind. as soon as I said it, I shouldn't have okay. said it. I apologize. Because <laughs> um, I, I don't know what level of consent would be necessary, but it would be an extremely high level. That's all I can say. Um, But yeah, you know, you know, can you call an LDS apostle on Saturday and demand answers? Well, you can if you're a rich conservative conspiracy theorist. You know, the people who have access to apostles are not you and me, Rebecca. They're not members of the church. There are rich folks who are associated with those with high power positions. It's um, you have to be at a certain threshold in order to interact with the quorum of the fifteen. And this brings um, that brings it uh, uh, four to mind. Is all I can say. You know, one other tweet that went along with this. This is from uh, uh, Jezebel. She said, "Mormons, I know the gospel is true because the Spirit told me. I don't need evidence. I have faith." Also Mormons, I need evidence that the Glenn Beck email is real. There's not enough evidence that the apostles were colluding with the government officials to cover up for Tim Ballard. Uh, I find that uh, type of hypocrisy very amusing. Yep, you got to choose your evidence. Whatever works for your narrative, that's what you have to go with. Yeah, and we also have not only that, we have from this uh, uh, from this lawsuit also, multiple sources have confirmed to Lynn Packer that an associate of Utah General Sean Reyes has a video from a 2019 party at his home in Bountiful, Utah, where they're doing lines of cocaine off of uh, naked women's legs. Um, it, it's amazing if you're all involved in this incredible fraud together, everybody is, um, everybody is dirty, then you all just kind of cover up for one another. You know, Sean Reyes covers for Tim. Tim cover, covers for Elder Ballard. Elder Ballard covers for everybody. It's just one big mm -hmm. bosom party here. Um, and it's just incredible. But I feel like it's a house of cards. I mean, you can see it like a Jenga game starting to unravel as people scramble. You can, And by the way, that's a very interesting uh post that you just can you send that to me after the show i need to look at that some more i had sure. not seen that lines of coke off and naked. i mean i'm not surprised by anything that i hear now but it is a house of cards and and i feel that we're just going to see it tumble and tumble whether you want to see it or not like you said some people will not see it no matter how real it is but i think it's important to have eyes wide open to all of it Yep. And here's Tim Ballard with Mike Lee. He was named mm -hmm. in these documents along with mm -hmm. all of these power players as well. They're all just uh, bosom friends. They're all high priests in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And, um, you know, he's in on the gravy train, too. Everybody wants to get a piece of the action and, uh, uh, you know, capitalize on the fundraising of Tim Ballard's uh, incredible popular name of the Sound of Freedom movie. If I can get in on the money, that that's what I want to do. And that's what was alleged with uh, uh, President Ballard, too, mm -hmm. that he was going to be investing, uh, I think, $200,000 into the either Operation Underground Railroad or the Spear Fund in order to gain returns for, on the investment. Everybody just wants in on the money. You know, it's just incredible, the money that goes along with this. And think about this from Floodlet. According to Tim Ballard, he presented the couple's ruse plan to Elder M. Russell Ballard, who thought that it was brilliant. 
and specifically sanction the strategy. We get that from page yeah. 11 of the amended update. So far from being a reprehensible, what did he say? Um, a reprehensible activity. What did Elder Ballard say? He said that it was um, inappropriate or something. Um, the allegation yeah, is that he morally yeah. unacceptable, morally yeah. unacceptable. He said that he was totally on board with it. Yeah. Well, and I also feel that perhaps the way Tim explained it, um, it might have made sense, you know, but but again, in practice and the abuses baked into this ruse, uh, there was no way it couldn't just go horribly, horribly wrong. So I perhaps say Elder Ballard being much older might not quite have understood what Tim was alluding to. But, well, people are saying, well, yeah. Elder Ballard is uh, the third in line to the church presidency. Mm -hmm. Why didn't he use the gift of discernment to figure yeah. out that Elder Ballard was up to no good? And people said, well, actually, he doesn't have the gift of discernment. He has the grift of discernment. <laughs> it's very oh, that's similar. Terrible. That's terrible. But that does bring up a question that my co-host Landon and I were talking about as we you know, prepared to podcast about this. He is third in line and there are failing health issues, perhaps, of the other two. What if? In a year or so, he is the prophet. Could he be the prophet with all of this happening and what could come out? Is there any mechanism within the church to have someone step away, you know, in an emeritus way to just kind of, uh, it's really interesting. We've not seen anything like this before. No, we haven't. And um, just to make sure that people say, know that there was a significant relationship between Tim Ballard and President Ballard. Here we have uh, Tim Ballard in his official capacity, excuse me, here we have President Ballard in his official capacity at BYU-Idaho giving a devotional yeah. where he's talking about Tim Ballard and, prop, and propping him up and Tim yeah. Ballard's allegedly cozy relationship with the prophet Nephi from the Book of Mormon. I had the opportunity this past summer to travel to Plymouth, Massachusetts with my friend Tim Ballard <laughs> to learn more about what he had learned regarding Nephi's vision of these early pilgrims and how their history corroborates Nephi's vision. Okay, so uh, President Ballard, did you pray about this talk before you gave it? If you didn't pray about it, then what good are you? Because if you're not praying about talk and giving us divine information at a BYU devotional, then you don't serve a purpose. But if you did pray about it, so God confirmed that we're supposed to bring Tim Ballard up. See, this is the entire problem. Yeah. There's just no way. Well, there's no answer to this. If you prayed about it, then then God is confirming that we're supposed to be trotting out Tim Ballard. And if you didn't pray about it, then what good are you? That's the entire that's the entire yeah. rub here. It's the conundrum. And I'm glad that you showed that quote because I came across that article, you know, last month because, you know, when the church is trying to distance themselves, you obviously go out and say, oh, no, here's this article. Here are these books at Deseret Book. Here's this speech of BYU Idaho. Now, this was on the church's website for a long time. Like I would check back every week to say, is that speech still there? Because he clearly says he's learning about Nephi from Tim Ballard. And of course, all of us are saying, oh, does that mean that he said to Elder Ballard, hey, my psychic told me about Nephi and here's what you need to know. It's very interesting. So just yesterday, I saw a post saying that article has now been scrubbed from the church website. So that is gone. Luckily, of course, you know, Wayback Machine has saved it. You have clips. But yet the church has now taken that down. Yeah. And here they are on tour together in, mm -hmm. I believe, Boston, where yeah. President Ballard and Tim Ballard are bosom friends once again. Uh, yeah. And they seem to be the allegation is that they're also business associates. And that, um, you know, it's just you know, I, I just would expect what I expect is something a little bit better from somebody who claims to be a prophet, seer, and revelator than palling around with sexual deviants who are continually um, defrauding people of their money, 
in the name of the Lord. That's just what I expect. That's a base level of what I expect a prophecier and revelator to do. And the problem is, is that we're not at that level yet. No, we're not. And again, I, I ask, is there any mechanism to handle something like this? You know, this PR nightmare of somebody who's so high up, who is in line to be the prophet. What do you do? I, I don't know. I can only imagine that the church's PR and lawyers are around the clock whiteboarding it. Probably. Do you think they have a well, whiteboard? I think they might. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of legendary whiteboards associated. What there is, yeah, Rebecca, exactly. there is a mechanism to remove church leaders, even the prophet. It's called the Common Council of the Church, and it's been convened twice. It was convened for Sylvester, excuse me, it was, it was convened for Sidney Rigdon because he okay. was a member of the first presidency when he apostatized because he did not yeah. follow the... Um, he started his own religion basically after the, uh, after Joseph Smith was killed. So they convened the Common Council of the Church and they excommunicated Sidney Rigdon. It right. was also convened on Joseph Smith once in the Zions Camp debacle afterwards. That's I right. believe it was Sylvester Smith who brought up the Common Council of the Church and Joseph Smith was exonerated. So we do have the Common Council of the Church that does have the ability to have church action to remove an apostle who is not a representative of Jesus Christ. It hasn't been convened in, in any time since the death of Joseph Smith, but there is a mechanism. Wow. That would be something, wouldn't it? I mean, honestly, that would be something. You know, I just looked this up, uh, Rebecca. You know, we're going to wrap this one up here soon. But if you go into the BYU website, even today, the BYU bookstore, which is one of my favorite bookstores, by the way, I have a lot of great oh, memories in the BYU bookstore. So I do them. I. So do yeah. I. Love the BYU bookstore. Um, but, uh, you know, if you go on there, guess what? Slave Stealers, True Accounts of Slave Rescues Then and Now. It's still on there. Now, these books have been taken off of Deseret Books, but guess what? BYU, they didn't get the memo that uh, Tim Ballard isn't the guy that you're supposed to be um, selling his books. Oops. Wow. I, that's very... Did you go find that? I'm impressed. Mm -hmm. That's amazing because I've been looking for books too. No, but again, Fireside still in LDS wards, books still at the BYU bookstore. I feel like they have the illusion of distance from OUR, but I don't think they really want to distance themselves. I don't think so. And I think it might have to do with sort of a undercurrent of Mormon nationalism. And I think it all ties in. I'm becoming a conspiracy theorist looking into all this. I swear, the more you have me on, the crazier I'll sound as we go forward. <laughs> you can't help but wonder when you see all these things come out. It's just incredible. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Mormonish. We really appreciate our listeners and would love to hear from you if you have a story you'd like to share. You can email us at mormonishpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website, mormonishpodcast.org. And don't forget to look for us on YouTube and like and subscribe. Keep joyful, everybody.